0: So this is the second part of my conversation with Mark Rowe. As always, if you want some actual context for what we're talking about, please click onto the first part. And yeah, if you've already done if you've already listened to the first part, then please continue listening. It gets a lot better than this. Thanks. Which is a venue which is I'm forever grateful for, yeah, because you really do learn a lot when you're performing in that venue for 25 nights. It's a
1: because they just leave the bar open, don't they? Is that right? It's it's just a little bar, yeah,
0: so it's. I am so honestly, I it was a difficult room to play, but I'm glad that was the experience I got for the first time because now when I go to any or whatever in London or outside I was like I'd perform drop Dropkick Murphys there's no reason I should be <laughs> nervous <laughs> nothing, there's no fear anymore no. Yeah, there's nothing to worry about it's just uh, yeah it's
1: just another gig
0: yeah because remember we had um, the the rugby was on when we were, on, when we were over in Edinburgh and right. we had one Saturday it was just all rugby lads who had no there's about uh, 150 rugby lads bloody hell was, no interest in comedy whatsoever. So we were performing to that and it was one of the worst gigs we've ever had. But, <laughs> but yeah, you learn from it. Yeah, and you, you you know. You do. I think the, the more you do it as well,
1: the, the less you worry about the ones that don't yeah. go as you,
0: as you want them to. Um, yeah. So back to the documentary. Go on. Sorry. Um, did you do it? with amazon backing you first or did you have to no absolutely what the, not what we was had, the process we had
1: absolutely zero backing whatsoever uh um, as i say we were really doing it on a whim and just chancing it um so no we had completed the whole documentary before we before we had anything to do with amazon um whatsoever at the time the one thing that i did have that i was sort of hopeful of Was I know a guy who um, who works for Sky, and he had a bit of an in with um, somebody at Sky Arts, and we were hoping that we would manage to get the documentary on Sky Arts, and that was my sort of thing that I was that was my target as Mm. I was going through was to try and get it on there, um, which we we didn't quite manage. I had lots of nice conversations with them, and and, you know nearly managed it, but didn't quite come off. But yeah, the Amazon thing really is just, people always sort of say, oh, it's great that you've got it on Amazon. The, the truth is um, most people can get stuff on Amazon. It's not, uh, it's not as, yeah. as difficult as it might seem. There are certain requirements in terms of the technical aspects of it, again, which I know absolutely nothing about, and, uh, and Tim uh, really guided me through and, and helped with. Say guided me through, just took it off my hands and yeah. dealt with it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's really just a case of you put stuff out there, and um, as long as it meets their technical requirements, then mm. then it will go on, uh, and then it's down to you to try and drive people to it and get people to watch it. So.
0: So what was the first meeting like between you and the Amazon bosses? Never
1: had a meeting. Never had a meeting. We've never met. But yeah, there's no. You literally upload your your stuff to their site. Uh, and there's no yeah there's no meetings there's no discussions it goes through their process and then they spend two or three days uh, kind of authorising it and saying that it's okay and then it magically appears on Amazon the only thing that they do so the, the one requirement that was slightly I say slightly tricky it's not you just pay someone to do it is that it has to be subtitled mm-hmm. um, and we were thinking oh my god that's how are we going to go through and subtitle an hour and a half film um, but through the magic of Google, uh, we found somebody who was prepared to do it for less than 100 quid in less than 24 hours, and then it's done and and it's off and you're away. So, yeah, the the Amazon thing is a bit of a, um, I mean, it's very nice to be able to say, I've got my film on Amazon Prime, uh, and people uh, think that that is a, A comment on the quality of the film. It's not no. at all. It's just that it was uploaded and they
0: accepted it. And that's it. That's insane that you can do that. You can just do. Yeah. That. So it's a Amazon is sense Amazon Prime is essentially like it's like YouTube essentially, but yeah. there's a bit a few more gate YouTube with a few more gatekeepers. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Essentially that. I'm not even sure that there's that many more gatekeepers. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, they'll just. I mean, Amazon have made what they've done. Um. Is make a grab for as much content as they can possibly get, yeah, and then they use that to drive numbers up, uh, and then they use the numbers up, I suppose, to get the the top end content that mm. they that they really want. Um, so yeah, we're ju- we're just a pawn in their game. Yeah, uh, that's all we are is just being being there to to kind of add to the amount of content, the hours that and and there are you can it's so easy to get lost. Mm. Amongst the hours and hours and hours of uh, of stuff that is on Amazon Prime. Of course.
0: Um, yeah, it's the d- amount of shitty horror films. That are Right. <laughs> like, like, I I, didn't, I knew there were some bad ones out there, but my but there are so many bad yeah. horror films on Amazon, and they just they want all of them.
1: Exactly. Like like I said, I mean someone's just uploaded that, put it there, and it's been
0: left there. To die. To die. A horrible death. So what's going on with the documentary now? Because you've, as I know, it's moving off. It's going to be available to buy on Amazon for a cheap price. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Uh, Well, this is, again, I mean, uh, I sound really bitter about Amazon, don't I? No. So basically, they have changed their terms and conditions on Amazon Prime. So if you are there sort of free to watch, then they're now looking at paying... Uh, a tiny, tiny amount per hour that your film is watched. Um, Which, again, you know, they're they're relying on people wanting their content to be on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I sort of was a bit put out by this. I mean, they they don't pay a great deal anyway, but they're slashing it to about a third of what they were paying. Um, And I don't make uh, any kind of... I think last I think last month it was about six quid or something right? Oh, right. so it's not it's not
0: it's oh, what not, a six quid that was, was. <laughs> yeah
1: I mean it's certainly not life changing money I'm not no. gonna be uh, retiring off the back of it and I was a bit put out by it but more than that, I read a thread on social media by some filmmakers who were basically saying how this was gonna this was gonna be the end for them being able to use amazon prime as a as a tool for for getting their films out there. Um, and the more I read it, the more I sort of realised and they were saying that the only reason it happens is because there's so many people who are prepared to allow them to get away with it, mm. uh, and constantly looking for new places to, to put their work, that that Amazon can basically do whatever they like. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of took a view that I don't have to be part of that, really. No. I don't have to be part of helping the rich guys get even richer at the expense of the people at the bottom end who are just trying to get a little bit of exposure mm. or just make a bit of a, a living. I've got no intention to make any further film, or no way to, because Tim has told me in no uncertain terms that he's not editing another <laughs> film for me. Because <laughs> he's mad. Um, so, I... You know it just felt like the right thing to do was yeah. to say all right well I'm not going to be part of that problem then um I can leave I can leave the film on Amazon um so that people can rent it or they can buy it yeah. um, which you then get a, a better percentage but yeah. I think it's fairer in terms of the split yeah. with the with the uh the content makers so I, I feel less uncomfortable about yeah. that um so yeah, that's where I'm at with it, really. So I'm looking for places to to put it, because I do like the idea of it being. I'm I'm not stupid. I know that being somebody who is still unknown in the world of comedy, mm. um, you know, a few people who are heavily involved in comedy might have heard about the documentary. A few times I'll turn up at gigs and sort of people will say, "Oh, how long have you been going?" And I'll tell them the story, and yeah. they'll go, "Oh well, I'm, I've see, either I've seen it or I've heard yeah, about it." Yeah. Um, so that does happen a little bit, but I'm people aren't going to go out of their way on a on a broad scale to go and buy this film. I'm not I'm stupid, not. But, but but people might take a chance on watching it if it's free. Yeah. Um and um so I I would like to still have it out there free to free to view. Um it's just trying to find the right place to put it really. Have you thought about putting it on YouTube? I have done, yeah, I have done. Oh. Um, Again, you know, it might be the right place for it to be. It's something that I'm I'm gonna look at. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know, don't yeah. know. I, I looked at. I quite hoped that it would go on um, next up. Um, who do stand up? Um, it they're kind of like YouTube exclusively for stand up. Yeah. Um, and again had. Had some sort of emails back and forward with them, but they don't put documentaries up at the moment. It's purely stand up sets. Mm. Um, But that was when the film first came out, so they might be somebody who I will at least get in contact with and and see if there's an opportunity for them to show. I don't know.
0: know.
1: I kind of feel like with the documentary, to be honest, I've got out of it already more than I ever could have expected. So. If if it comes to an end now, Mm. I'm alright with that. I'm I'm quite happy with that. You know, it's led me down another path now, which is to do the stand-up. I had a lot of fun making it, but it was a lot of hard work and a lot of graft for not just me, but for other people as well. And I, you know, I sort of feel like yes, it would be nice, but I I kind of I can't any longer spend time banging on about the film going oh. have you watched this would you like to watch it it just it feels to me even if people haven't heard about it for me it feels like a broken record mm. and i feel like if people were gonna have watched it or um, been interested in it they probably would have done by now um so i don't want to just keep saying the same thing i'd rather focus on the stand-up and, yeah. and try and do some new and more exciting things with that mm. um although what I will say is I've started doing um, little YouTube videos uh, along the the journey because mm-hmm. I kind of felt like they fitted with the whole idea yeah. of the long road to Edinburgh and what I've been doing. So I have been making some some YouTube videos that go alongside my journey's two gigs, where I wanted to just because I do like the idea of showing a behind the scenes look of what it's like mm. for stand-ups at the, at the bottom end of the food chain, really.
0: Because no-one sees that.
1: No, and, and you have this... Uh, one of the, the ideas behind the documentary in the very first place was that I thought lots of people have an idea of stand-up comedy being Mock the Week mm. or Live at the Apollo, and by the time you see those comedians, they've all been gigging 10-plus years, you know? They're all very experienced. They might seem like the next new thing. We were talking about James A. Yeah. before. When I interviewed him, he'd been gigging eleven years and still, as I said, lots of people didn't know who he was. Now everybody knows who he is. And it seems like overnight he's become this huge success. But yeah.
0: actually there's years of work behind that. Well it's a bit like Kevin Hart, isn't it? People thought, people think that he just came out into like two thousand and ten. Yeah. The dude's been go that dude's been going since what two nineteen 19- the nineties. Yeah. Years and years and years of hard work. And I
1: didn't think people, well, I didn't. When I got into it, I had no idea what the open mic circuit really looked like and no idea what you go through to go and be a comedian. And I just thought that was something that was sort of fairly interesting. Mm. So the idea with the YouTube videos now is to just keep that up and still just share a little bit of what it's like going to all these places and what the audiences are like and what the nights are like. Mm. And just, they're like video diaries really, just checking in and just saying this is what, and it also helps me break up the journey a little yeah. bit because you spend hours in your car inside your own head uh, and it just gives me something nice to do is mm. to, to chat and to um, to share some of those thoughts and what's going on yeah. as I'm going off to these different places. So, Where's
0: the furthest other than Edinburgh that you've
1: that, that you've? Got? Oh, I did... Um, I did, not that long ago, actually, I did a gong show in Stockton on Ooh, Tees. How was that? It was fairly horrible, okay. <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a four-hour drive on a cold, wet Friday evening, having done a week at work and got out of work at sort of half three and gone got straight in the car and gone up to Stockton. And then there were sixteen comedians on and I was fourteenth oh out dear. of the
0: sixteen. Oh dear.
1: Um and by the time I got on stage, I think the audience had pretty much I don't just know. yeah, mentally checked out to be honest. I've managed to get uh of my five minutes I've got three minutes forty in, I think, before I got gonged off. <laughs> um but then obviously you know that's fine and and that's fine and, and and I'm all right with that but it was then a 4 hour drive back home just playing yeah. over and over in your head kind yeah. of how ridiculous it is that you that was the first one that I did that was the first video that I made when I was yeah. doing the drive up was was that night going to Stockton and I sort of just consoled myself with uh, well you know it's all right because I'm getting this video out of doing yeah. it and it's still so sound... so it's nice to have that I suppose as something that you you constantly feel like it's all going to be worthwhile yeah. because even if it's a shit gig or it's a horrible night, then there's a story to be told, isn't there? Or there's yeah.
0: something to get out of that. So so like, what do you think of comp- comedy competitions and gong shows in general? Um, I haven't really,
1: I haven't really dipped my toe in the water of, of the compet, the bigger competitions and those sorts of things. I've done quite a few gong shows. Mm. Um, particularly in that first year. Mm. And I was frustrated with Stockton because it's the first time I've ever been gunged off. Oh. And it's also the first time I've ever even had somebody hold a card up. Mm. Um, I've got through the other, I think it's either seven or eight gong shows where I've always done my five minutes without anyone even yeah. putting a card up, which I was incredibly proud of as a record and should have quit while I was ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and should have walked away and said, I'm ne- not gonna do another one. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm quite... I think that... I don't think that gong shows in particular you should read too much into. I think that there's so much going on with the way that they're set up, what the MC is like, uh, and the way that they kind of guide the crowd, where you are in the running order, who else is... Like, I just don't think there's too much that you can read into it. It's really hard not to kind of... Sound like you're making excuses when it all goes wrong and that sort of thing, mm. but I just think you have to just go. It's another experience, isn't yeah. it? It's another thing to to try. I wouldn't. I haven't done the uh, the kind of King gong I was comedy about that, Yeah, no. Because it it doesn't to me feel like from what I understand. I mean, maybe I will at some point just to say I've done it, um, but it doesn't really to me feel like what stand-up comedy is is like it's more like you're i don't know it feels a bit like bear baiting or that's, something like that where you're making entertainment out so, of the uh the discomfort yeah, of the comedians that are up there
0: that's exactly my issue with king, well, what i perceive king gong to be as well like yeah. it doesn't appear to me like a well it's not a comedy night no it's it's just a night for people who are pissed off with something, pissed off with other things in their life. Yeah, take it out to vent out. their yeah. anger at somebody who is.
1: I mean, I not To be fair, I do know that lots of people have had good things. You know, people yeah. who have won King Gong and then gone on and got regular spots at the comedy store and things like that. And that would be amazing, obviously, yeah. to to you know get in with them. Um, but. Yeah, there's enough tough nights on the comedy circuit anyway. Yeah. Without deliberately signing yourself up for something that is gonna be tricky.
0: Yeah. no, I I completely I completely understand that. So, the in betweeners. Yeah. Seamlessly seamlessly, you're seamlessly oh, transitioning seamlessly into the transi- in betweeners. Like, yeah, fuck okay. it. Right. That's it's hard to believe, right? That that um I was I, I, I feel like I'm when I say this, right? I watched the in-betweeners before it kind of got popular Mm. because we had something called Home's Choice, which is like, you could sort of watch box sets before box sets were like, probably like it were actually a thing. You are bragging, yeah. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, I didn't even mean to do it as well. (laughs) It (laughs) was like, that's just a thing. Um, And I just came across this one that was on Channel 4 and I was like, oh, the in-betweeners. I've never heard of that. Mm. And so I just watched the whole watch first episode and I was kind of blown the seventeen year old me was kind of blown away by what I saw. I think it would be yeah. I mean watching the in betweeners when
1: you're actually the same age as the characters that yeah. are in it. Not
0: the actors, the characters the characters yeah.
1: yes. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be a whole different experience. I quite like I mean I think it's I think it's really good for just capturing the sort of anxiety and uh, difficult situations that you find yourself in yeah. when you're that that age. Um and it I just I think, I don't know I quite like the humor being so close to the sorts of conversations that I would have had with my yeah. mates at that age yeah. and the way that we talk, and and just generally finding the um I mean, I watched a couple of episodes to remind myself before doing because I knew that we were going to be talking about it. And what really struck me was the idea that you find yourself in embarrassing and horrible situations as a teenager. And the only way that you ever get any kind of relief from that is something more embarrassing or yeah. horrible happening to one of your mates, yeah. at which point it switches onto them and you can just enjoy that moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I quite like that about it. And also now, uh, because I'm now a teacher and I am now uh, work as a head of year in the sixth form, you I can see from the, the other, year other year side, to Gilbert, I right? model myself on Mr Gilbert. Yeah, That's oh yeah. who I want to be when yeah. I grow up as a teacher, is
0: Mr Gilbert, because yeah. he's just such a great character. And- I, I love the character Mr. Gilbert because he's. It's not that he doesn't care about the kids. He clearly does on some. Le- he clearly does on some level. Yeah. But he's just been beaten down. He's he's been beaten down by a system. Yeah. And he's just in it now for his tenure, and then he's gonna get out. And everything
1: itself. is just a pain in the ass that he has to go through and has to deal with. Yeah, I think you're right. There are these little moments when he does sort of care, um, but I quite like his general demeanour and his sarcastic approach to everything that he does um like i say i I can sort of hear some of that coming out in some (laughs) of the conversations
0: that i have at work oh um i think a moment that just um that uh, sticks out to me was when um well, and will is is put in charge of, is put in charge of the school this guy yeah and where and mr Gilbert's introducing him as the person that is, is in charge of it and he says, that's what I feel and he just looks at
1: there's so many good interactions in there between them where it's just sort of like that little that little look of yeah. he just constantly looks disturbed Gusted by <laughs> these kids that are, uh, you know, that well, they're just wasting his time. That's yeah. what it is, yeah. they are constantly wasting his time,
0: yeah. um, which is beautiful, really. And he, I love the fact that there's, uh, he fancies Will's mum, doesn't he? Everyone mum. fancies Will's oh, mum. Yeah, I, I fancy it. Will's of mum. Of course, yeah. Everyone fancies Will's mum. I, I feel really bad for the actress, though, because that's who she's going to be known as
1: yeah i do think it's funny you were saying that i do think it's interesting already in the few uh few years since it came out i do think some of the stuff that they sat i mean objectifying this woman like you say uh, as just the person that everybody uh well basically everybody wants to wank over that's what they're talking about yeah um I'm not sure that even now in that few years in between that people would think that that's okay no. to have a character like that. No. Uh, and the amount of sort of uh, homophobic and jokes that they make, I'm not sure that they would still get away with. To but, be honest.
0: but that's because of that... Well, it was very much of its time, isn't mm. it? Like, we would, st- we would make homophobic jokes amongst each other. I yeah. Mean, sort of potentially still do occasionally. Kids, but kids,
1: like, kids yeah. at school do yeah. talk to each other like that. So yeah. it was very... And that's the other thing is sort of... It was... That what I think that they're so clever with is finding situations that kids would actually get themselves into. Yeah. But then taking it to the extreme. Yeah. Uh, to make it completely ridiculous and completely stupid. Yeah. Um, one of the... I said that I was watching the... A uh, couple of episodes. One of the one was about the first time... That um, that oh I keep wanting to say Joe it's not Joe that's the actor's name Joe Thomas. Joe um, Thomas. It's uh, Simon. Simon can uh, when he learns to drive. Yes. Oh, uh, the oh, driving instructor. Oh. The cu- yeah, the driving instructor is all over him, and that's how he manages to pass his test. And then he goes off for his first little trip on the road. Uh, they're going to <laughs> Thorpe Park. And he ends up in the middle of a uh in the middle of a funeral parade yeah. on the way to Thorpe Park and then immediately manages to smash up his car <laughs> uh, when get when trying to park it at Thorpe. And I just thought all of those things are really, really easily kind of believable yeah. as things that would happen. but they're just all at the same time they're extreme and yeah. they're silly and they're yeah.
0: funny as a result of that. So, um Speaking of that episode, like when Will's, compl- when Will's complaining about who gets to sit on the front of the roller coaster and it's, the, <laughs> certain, it's, the, it's the disabled people. Yeah.
1: And I love the fact that he just looks and he just... <laughs> when he gets... Because it's so... It's so... The reaction is so bad. Yeah. To the, And they're all kind of... The way that they all say, no, it's fine. but No, I will not accept this. I'm not having <laughs> this. And he gets on and just looks and says, oh, I'm the worst human mm, in the yeah, world. <laughs> It's really, really well done. Really well played.
0: And when they destroy it, well, they smash they the car up at the end, end. Yeah. Oh, that's just amazing. Um, I who do you think that you'd relate to most out of the main out of the main cast?
1: Um, well, I th- I knew you were going to ask me this, so <laughs> um, I think probably when I was at school, I, li- I was probably more the Simon character. Like I like, thi- I like to think I like to think of was the, top of the <laughs> character because the others. Are just- he's supposed to. I think he's supposed to be the most normal yeah. of all of them, but he's still completely flawed. Yeah. Just when he thinks that things are going to go well for him, he absolutely messes it yeah. up. And I can relate to that absolutely. Yeah. You know, being the person who uh, had. A- had a long-term crush on somebody at mm. school and never actually managed to do the right thing or say the right thing or just when it looked promising would absolutely mess it up. Yeah. Um, so there was definitely an element of that. And as I said, now uh, I've moved on and I now sort of see myself a little bit as the Mr Gilbert kind of <laughs> character <laughs> and, and, and very much enjoy playing that role of uh, that the, the kids are all annoying me all of the time yeah. and that really they shouldn't be troubling me with their issues and yeah. problems. I just want to get on and do my job. Um, of course, as you
0: said, not really like that, no. all of the time, <laughs> yeah. but it's nice to play that role sometimes. I, I've, I've had a little bit of thought, a little bit of thought about this and I've realized that there's a lot of Neil, well, a, a bit little, of Neil, a little bit of Neil. There's a little bit of Neil. In,
1: there's a little bit of Neil in me. Neil's, well, I, oh, now you've said that, I hesitate to say it, but, um, He's just so stupid, isn't he? Yeah. He just compl- goes through life absolutely as the most gormless, like, idiotic character. But
0: also, there's, in that character, well, you've seen the films, obviously, yeah. right? He's got a real sweet side to him where he will actually, he's he's not exactly the glue that holds the group together, but he's, he kind of, Brings whatever he brings, whatever issues the group is the groups have, the group are having, yeah, and he kind of simplifies it in such a way where they go, Oh, all right, it's it's okay, yeah, we can deal with that,
1: yeah, Yeah. um, yeah, he is very simple. What I I really love about Neil Mm -hmm. is just how (laughs) just how all right with the world he is, even when things are going horribly wrong, he just finds it funny. That episode we were talking about the theme park, he, um, he, uh, He's been in the, is it squirrel suit or so? He's been dressed yeah, yeah, as the, the yeah, mascot, and yeah. so he takes that off, and he's just completely naked, <laughs> and then finds that his clothes have been stolen, oh, and he finds sorry. it, he just, it funny? Oh, oh, no. oh, look I, I'd be livid, I'd be absolutely <laughs> raging if somebody had stolen yeah. my clothes, but he just thinks, oh, that's a good joke. Oh, it? these guys do
0: this all the time, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> brilliant. Oh, when he just like and when they, were, I don't know why they stayed watching him get changed. Why did? Why, <laughs> why, yeah. Why do you not move away? Yeah, just leave and or like because he his ass was literally in Will's face. Mm. I, you'd have moved. On, you'd have gone out the changing room at that point, wouldn't you? Yes, I, I don't know yeah. why I was thinking about that. Like,
1: <laughs> would I have gone? Yes, I absolutely would have. Left. I don't. I like to think I wouldn't have been in there in the first yeah, place. Yeah. To be honest with you, you'd
0: um, leave them to it. Like you'd wait outside. But I guess they're not. Well,
1: the thing. Um, I guess there's less comedy in that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I'm not sure how funny the scene would be if Neil goes. I'll just go and get changed.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and then does. <laughs> yeah. I don't
0: think that works. No. Um, so. Do you think there's any bad episodes in the three series that we got? Uh, no, I,
1: no, but I wasn't as keen on the film. You were talking about the films. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't so keen on the films. Fair play. Um, I don't know. I think I think by that point i would kind of got the joke. Yeah. And I sort of wish a little bit that they just left it. I mean, there were there was yeah. there was some. There was some good moments in the films. I quite liked the um, the I can't remember his name, but the the dickhead character uh, who they all hated. Who was like the 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 guy who ends up snorting cocaine and he's got shit all over yeah his head, yeah, yeah all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I quite liked watching him get his come up as yeah. he was just such a horrible horrible guy. Yeah. Um. And and obviously. You know, with a film, I suppose, rather than an episode, you have more of a journey for the characters to Mm. go on, and they have to have that. They have to have that resolution at the end where it sort of works. But yeah, I I just I wasn't as hooked on those. I think it works better in bite-sized chunks. I think rather
0: than an hour and a half film. What, What What do you know that um that really got me thinking actually. Why is it that every successful British TV series, mm. right, almost everyone has to have a film when they go on holiday. That's money,
1: just money, I suppose, isn't it? That's what they're trying to do is is uh, is get the most out of it that they possibly can. And you would, I suppose, it, it would be really tempting, wouldn't it, if you imagine that you've written a really successful sitcom, yeah. and then somebody comes and offers you a lot of money to then write a film of it, yeah. Uh, you'd think, yeah, great, that's yeah. absolutely. Yeah,
0: nice sure with that, but why specifically? Why go on holiday? because like, like holiday on the buses, yeah um what's um, i um, I've been served the movie where they go to the Costa Planca yeah um I
1: guess what it is then I mean I don't know I don't, I don't know why I'm trying to solve this problem <laughs> I, have, I have all the answers I guess what it must be is that if you take um you can't make a film based around the same situation that you've made a sitcom about yeah. Because you've explored those avenues within the sitcom and I suppose it doesn't work. What you have to do is take those characters and put them into a new environment or a different situation. And I suppose the obvious one to do with that is to to send them on holiday, isn't
0: it? And I think what worked for me with these films is it kind of came out the year after I had that holiday with a couple of my friends. Um, And what I liked about it was they all thought, well, they all thought they were going to be the la- the, the lads on tour and yeah. Magaluf, when really they just realised they were the exact same people, just with a bit more sunshine.
1: Yeah, exactly. There is a bit of that, there is a bit of... I can remember, I mean, I'd never had the... Uh, i never had the holiday where it was just lads on holiday going away at the end of, like, your A-levels, which I suppose yeah. is, is what yeah. they're doing, isn't it? Before you go to uni, you go off and you have this holiday. But I did go away... With a couple of mates and one of one of their families when mm. we were like 16, and to be honest, they just left us to our own devices, Good. and we were yep. and it, and and that was that holiday where you just go out and you go drinking every night until four in the morning and stumbling through yeah. the doors, um, and like you say, you think you think you're going to be somebody who you're not like you think you're going to reinvent yourself suddenly being on holiday and being in this new situation in this new place. And you're not. You're just the same yeah. person, but with slightly cheaper beer yeah, uh, and uh, a sunbed in which to sleep that off. Yeah, <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Um, so, have you you seen both the films, right? Yes. Although
1: I can't really remember the second one because like one. I say, it was just, uh, by that point, I think I was
0: a bit done with it, yeah. though, to be honest. To be honest, I think even the cast were probably a bit done with it as well. Do you what, reckon? From what, I, from what, I've seen on the. From what I've seen in the interviews. I mm. think it was a bit more of a. You might have been contracted to do this if we got if we got the money.
1: Yeah, they were sort. Of, I think by that point they was. Do you remember there was that night that they did? Um, the Inbetweeners took over. Channel Four. Oh.
0: oh and that was it just it... got
1: slated like absolutely slated because the the. The dynamic between them wasn't there, and then, and also they're being them, they're not being the characters, yeah. being, and everyone's in, in loves the characters. they yeah. don't really care about the actors, do they? Right. They're, they're not really interested in what their dynamic is, so right. they'd have had to have been bloody funny. Yeah, to keep people's interest at that, uh, and I just don't think it really worked. I it think was
0: just... I think the issue with that, not I didn't watch it, but I think the issue with it, from what I've heard from other people. Mm. Including um, his name, James Buckley, who's who's, who's Jay, he, he yeah. does Jay, and he spoke about this on his podcast. Um, I think that it was marketed completely. It was marketed completely wrong because initially, when it first, when it first got, um, when the news first broke about it, yeah, it was like, oh, the Inbetweeners are getting back together. Oh, that made it sound like it was going to be another, epi- new, episode another new, epi- new, epi- new episode. A new episode, yeah. And um, what it turned out to be was just them sitting there with Jimmy Carr hosting and th- him making jokes at their expense and then talking about or trying to talk about what a fun what a fun they had on the set. Yeah. Um, I think that Jimmy Carr, even though he's the Channel 4 Golden Boy at the moment, I think that he should have been... I think The wrong choice for that. Yeah. Be, he's the wrong choice for it. I think it literally should have just been the four... Line, well... I think it should have been a documentary about what they should have, what about them go, just going around visiting some of the, some of the key some of the key places, talking about the, talking about what they had done well, what it was like to shoot there, what kind yeah. of cars they had, and intercut that with scenes from the, intercut that with got show.
1: Greg Davis to do it. If they were gonna have a, yeah. a, a somebody hosting, Greg Davis, who's obviously attached to the show, yeah. then that would have probably worked a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he said no though don't know, maybe, maybe. I imagine he's probably uh, purely speculating, but mm. I imagine he's probably quite fond of the the show and all yeah, that. Yeah. If he did say no, I like to think it would be because of st- other commitments. A, st- a scheduling conflict, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, rather than that he doesn't want to be attached to it anymore. Because uh, I like to think
0: that, yeah. he's, that he's he's keen on it still. Well, the thing is because he's got a contract with Dave and we don't know how that would have conflicted. But, Who knows, yeah. Yeah, but I think that... Do you reckon it could come... Well, actually, no. Not the question I was going to ask. <laughs> no, go on, I'll, go on. No, uh, I'll ask that I'll later on. Well, um, I'm not even going to edit that bit out. That's gonna to stay <laughs> in. Um Have you seen the US remake? No. Uh, oh,
1: I may have seen a bit of one of them. Yeah. And then, you know, because it, it didn't really survive very long, did it? It, Thanks, just, fuck. it just died... Died a horrible death quite yeah. quickly. Um, I think I think it's really you were asking about why everyone has to make films about them. I think it's more odd that there has to be these American remakes yeah. of everything that is successful. Yeah. I don't understand why they constantly try and do that. Yeah. Because usually the show has already been successful in its original form yeah. in America before they then go and do the remakes. I mean yeah. I know that the the Office. Um, is probably the one that has been most successful off the back of it. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but again, what they went from what 12 episodes of The Op- Office in the UK to over 100 episodes yeah. in America. By that point, it's not it's not The Office anymore, no. is
0: it? It's it's its, its own. own entity, yeah. Yeah. But I think The Office did it did it quite successfully. Hmm. But this was literally just take i've seen like one or two episodes of really it and it was literally taking the ex- the exact same almost the exact same scripts and just doing, remaking doing the these american show, yeah. characters yeah so
1: in american accents with i yeah. don't yeah. yeah i don't think that the particularly if you're going to do that with the same scripts i don't think the humor probably carries then no I mean I've got no i no idea what it's like to be a teenager growing up in America. No. Um, but I just I don't view it
0: the same way. It, it kinda of came across as a diet poke version of superbad. Right. Okay. If that is. <laughs> That's probably a bit yeah.
1: Yeah, well that you know, yeah. You can picture what that would be like and it's uh,
0: not particularly good. No. Um, if they were gonna bring it back, how do you think they'd do it? how do you think they should do it? Oh, that's an interesting question.
1: Because I do I do think that there is partly I hope that they don't like I hope yeah, that they don't. Um, I hope too. that they let too. it li- live on as it was me and, too. and uh well, sorry, not you know, let it rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, but um I do think that there is an element of as I said, it reminds me of the sort of conversations that I used to have with my friends. Yeah. And the the people that I sort of hung out with when I was the age of the in-betweeners, I'm still friends with now. We still go to the pub. We still have conversations that we wouldn't have in front of our parents or our wives or our girlfriends. And I do think there's that element of those characters still uh, showing the things that trouble them, the things that they try and do to be cool, the things that they try and do um, to... uh, kind of be successful yeah and they never quite manage it and i do think that there's an element of that that i would quite like to yes. see is those characters as middle-aged men yeah. still kind of i'd like to see what they're like as parents
0: yeah
1: now having my own kids i'd like to set the things that you try and fail to do to be a mm. good or cool parent yeah. or a, I'd, I'd like to see how they would cope with some of those things um but as i said having said that Sort of hope they don't,
0: yeah, as well. Just leave it well alone because it's all of its time, and it's just, I think, if they did try and bring it back now, it just wouldn't be the same, Mm. would it? right, Mark, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Thanks very much, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, so this, where where can people find you? Um, so, um, well, the film. It's
1: still on Amazon Prime Yeah. For now. So A1, The now. Long Road to Edinburgh. A1, The Long Road to Edinburgh. The YouTube channel is The Long Road to Stand-Up yeah. Comedy. Um, so you can find the little videos on there. I'm uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, Mark Ray Comedy on there. So people can see little bits of what I'm up to.
0: Yeah, what about where can they see you gigging in, like, January?
1: oh uh that's a really good question um I've got a couple of bits I'm gonna be in Birmingham on a couple of dates Ooh. um I can't remember the venues ah. though my head um, is it glee is it <laughs> no 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 it's um doing stuff for uh Adam Beardsmore, but i can't remember the name if it's not you've really put me on the spot with it sorry you know that's all <laughs> right um you've got um where else am i gonna be I don't know. Check out the Facebook page and I'll put some stuff on there and tell you where
0: I'll be. Thank you, Mark. This has been brilliant. No worries. (laughs)